Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. Hey, y'all, it's me, Robin. Yep, this is the Parenting After Trauma podcast, though this is going to be a little bit of a different episode for you today. I wanted to tell you a little bit of the behind the scenes of writing this book. Now, not publishing it because I haven't actually published a book yet. And I suspect that the publishing process is full of many, many, many unknowns, lots of things. I have no idea what to expect. So I'll record an episode about that next year when the book is published. But you're writing this book has 
been such an enormous part of my life and my professional world in the last year and a half. And y'all have become such an important part of my life and my professional world the last year and a half. The gosh, I guess now that I think about this, I hadn't thought about, I hadn't put this together until this exact moment, but actually starting to think about publishing the book or writing a book, starting to think about writing a book and starting this podcast actually happened right about the same time. So yeah, like you in a way have been with me the whole time. And so I want just kind of want to share with you and you know important things feel important to share, right? And this is important and I want to share it. I also do want to demystify the writing a book process if um any of you have ever considered writing a book. I know for me for uh, ever up until a year and a half ago, the process of writing a book seemed completely mysterious to me um, and in in many ways impossible. I had no idea how one tackles the actual process of sitting down and writing a book. And um, if that's you, if you have had a thought that maybe you'd like to write a book, but also can't begin to fathom what the process looks like, I just wanted to share it with you because that lays the path. Um, knowing that something is possible and demystifying it, making it not mysterious anymore could be just exactly what you need to um, start working on the important book that's in your brain that the book that the world really, really, really needs. So I have always wanted to write a book. Um, I've, I've always been a writer when I was a kid, I would, choose to stay inside for recess and work on the word processors and write stories. And I've been doing this those little tiny. And I think there's absolutely a part of me that has always wanted to write a book. I've always consumed books voraciously, um, consumed book. I'm a, a pretty intense reader and I always have been. And always wanted to write a book, but also had absolutely no idea how to both write a book and publish a book. In the beginning of 2020, so it really was at the end of 2019, I connected with a writing coach who was um, doing a group, a year-long group in 2020 to write a memoir. And I remember emailing her and saying like, I'm not really sure what I want to write is exactly a memoir, but it's close enough. And she was like, cool, close enough. And so I joined this group and had regular coaching with her as well as a group that met on Facebook. And that started in January of 2020. And I set out to write a a very personal story that really is essentially a memoir. Um, that is not the book that I am currently publishing, but that's how this whole journey started. That was January, 2020. We started then, of course, obviously y'all know how 2020 went down um, in a way that none of us could have ever imagined or ever predicted. Despite that, I still kept plugging away. I kept writing this book um, with the pandemic in the background. And that of course had some impact on writing um, some of it was positive. Some of it wasn't so positive. And ultimately, 
I wrote what I'd probably say is about 75% of that book. Uh, I think it's about 50,000 words. And started to consider that I might want to publish it. I met with somebody who helps write book proposals. And she was actually not terribly interested in the book I had been writing, but was really interested in the possibility of me writing a book for parents, like a, a parenting book based on kind of my model and how I support parents. I don't know why this wasn't something that was at the forefront of my mind in the first place, but I don't know, maybe I, I'm not sure why that didn't seem like the obvious choice. But as soon as she's mentioned that, I was like, well, obviously that is what I should do. And I ended up not working with her, but I interviewed a couple other people to help me write a book proposal. One thing that's very true about me is that I am a very aware of the things I do well and the things that I don't do well. And the things that I don't do well, I am so happy to connect with people who can help me do them better. Right? Like I'm very eager to connect with people who have expertise that I don't have um, and and get the support that I need. And so I had no idea how to write a book proposal. And one needs a book proposal if you're going to approach a publisher about a nonfiction book. So I um, interviewed a couple of people to help me write a book proposal and ultimately ended up working with Bethany Saltman. Bethany was actually a guest on the podcast last year because Bethany wrote the book Strange Situation, which is a memoir. And it's a memoir about her experience as a mom. She's not a mental health professional. She's a mom who's always been so interested in attachment and attachment theory. And she did like a decade of of research and self-exploration about attachment, attachment theory, and specifically Mary Ainsworth. And so Bethany Saltman wrote this gorgeous memoir about about that, like about her journey as a mom and what that meant for her own exploration of her attachment. And then how she like went down this rabbit hole learning about Mary Ainsworth, Mary Ainsworth's contributions to attachment theory. Um, and ultimately to the Mary Ainsworth's development of the strange situation, which is, still kind of the primary way that researchers assess attachment in infant parent relationships. Um, so anyway, I loved this memoir. I was reading Bethany Selman's memoir. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And started following her on Instagram and then saw something on Instagram that let me know Bethany was doing book proposal coaching. I don't know that she does it anymore. But anyway, I reached out to her decided she was a great fit. I loved, loved that she spoke attachment theory and thought that she just wrote the most like gorgeous book. Um, so she seemed like a real obvious choice for me. So I worked with Bethany for a long time, longer than I expected, but writing a book proposal is hard. And what's really cool about my work with Bethany is 
I didn't just get a good book proposal at the end. It took about six months and I wrote a book proposal that was somewhere like 65 pages long. And I did, I do think I had a good book proposal when I was finished, but more than just a good book proposal, Bethany helped me organize my brain. Like she helped organize my ideas and my content and really impacted everything that you now see and hear from me, how I present information, um, the order I present information in, the way that I do it in a way that hopefully is a little bit more organized and makes more sense. Um, I know that I can be um, a little rambly. I'm sure you've noticed. Um, I can be repetitive and I'm still working on some of those things. But Bethany helped me so much just get clearer and more succinct and just really... Uh, or just, she just really helped to organize my brain that has helped me in more, way more ways than just the book proposal. It's helped me in the club. It's helped me in being with, it's helped me on this podcast. Um, you know, working with Bethany was so important. It was actually pretty, pretty profound how important that was. And she was just a lovely human. I made a new good friend and all of that. Um, so Bethany and I worked on this on the proposal. I think we finally finished it in July of 2021. And um I was super lucky lucky and pretty quickly connected with a publisher who was interested in it. The process of finalizing all that took a little longer than I would have wished. Um lots of just going back and forth. Uh, you know, the book that I wrote is the is, is is everything that I teach. It's really my entire model of helping parents understand um, the science and the neurobiology. And then it's all it's it's my it's my model of owls, watchdogs, and possum brain, and all the tools that I have to strengthen the owl brain and calm the watchdog and possum brain. And then there's a third section on how parents can kind of grow, essentially grow their own owl brain, like grow their own regulation. And um, because, because you know, as well as I do that all the tools in the world aren't very helpful if we're, um, if our brains are freaking out. So I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club, to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. So I was very aware that 
I was going to be putting like my whole brain (laughs) into a book. And this actually made me feel pretty vulnerable because when you get published by a traditional publisher, that essentially what they're doing is buying your book and buy like they're they're they are the one who they who will own you know my book and that was something I was just very aware of and very thoughtful about and really took a lot of steps to make sure I could protect my own intellectual property and also just wanted to make sure I was choosing a publisher who really acknowledged that and respected that. Ultimately, I'm confident I did that. My publisher is just never done anything except just blow me away with their integrity and their clear support of me and wanting to, you know, publish something that's mine. Um, you know, and they're not trying to take it from me. Um, but my point is, is that I had to do some investigating. I spoke to an attorney. I had an attorney like review the contract and all of that. All of that just takes time. Nothing works fast in the world. Um, and I think what that ultimately means is I finally officially signed the contract. And I think it was October. So that was very exciting. It was also exactly the time that I started registration and preparation for my being with program. And tw- this this year, 22, 2022 is my first year of being with. So at the end of 2021, I was creating being with. I was marketing it. I was enrolling it. I was getting ready to to teach and and produce this enormous program that I also have coaches in. So I had people to hire and all this good stuff. So as you can imagine, I didn't do a ton of writing. (laughs) Um, And as more months went by than probably should have when I was finally like, uh, oh my gosh, I have to write this book. If the book's going to get published, I actually have to write it. So I took a short little private writer's retreat. You could call it that. I um, was, am so lucky to know so many good people. And there is a wonderful human that's here local to me that I know through the adoption community. And we did a swap. And how we, one of the, what I got out of the swap was a night stay in her Airbnb. And I went away and I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And that helped me like kind of finally get past the hump of like, oh my gosh, I have to write this book. And I started writing and then I just kept writing. I, at the same time though, of course have the club and I have being with and being with is amazing Sometimes I look at my life, y'all, and I'm like, I have the club and I'm being with, and I don't know how I got this lucky. Being with is amazing. And because it's the first year, there's just been so much um, work that's gone in behind the scenes to it. And so like all things in life, I I set myself a lot of book writing deadlines and kept missing all of them. And, you know, I'd be like, oh. I have to turn this book in. Hmm, I have to turn this book in. Um, And life would tick on and life would tick on. Then I finally did something that made the whole thing super duper fun, which is hired um, the person who illustrated my watchdogs, possums, and owls for me. So I've wanted to have my own 
characters. Um, and if you aren't, if you aren't familiar with owls, watchdogs and possums, just kind of go back in, in the podcast. And, um, I talk about it in different places. I talk about it in mm, probably the episode that's about, you know, if you want to change behavior to change the nervous system. I also, um, talk about owls, watchdogs and possums in my, uh, what behavior really is masterclass that you can see at robinglobal.com slash masterclass. Um, anyway, owls, watchdogs and possums are, are, are my whole model. And I've always just used images, you know, to represent owls, watchdogs, and possums in the brain and everything from from Canva. And that's worked really great for me. Canva is this online software app. I don't even know what you call it. But I wanted my own. Like, I wanted my own watchdogs, possums, and owls. And so I hired this illustrator. And that was amazing. Working with this artist who took the ideas in my brain and made pictures out of them was so fun. I am not going to be releasing these illustrations for probably several months still. So it's going to be a while before y'all get to see them, but don't worry, you'll get to see them eventually. Um, So I hired this illustrator. He was amazing. I mean, y'all, I'm barely lucky if I can draw a stick figure. I actually once had a little um, kid that I work with look up at me one day and say, Miss Robin, you're getting better at drawing. And he was being so kind and so generous because Miss Robin is actually a tragic at drawing so bad. And I... And I don't think in pictures at all. Like I don't imagine things in pictures in my mind. I don't have any visual anything. So to see my ideas become pictures was just so cool. And I cannot wait to show it to you. And it really gave me a lot of oomph to keep going with writing. An impending deadline was giving me some oomph, but this was making it fun and exciting. Um, and then I hired an editor. And, you know, the publisher, of course, is going to professionally edit my book. But I wanted to turn in a book that didn't need a lot of additional editing. And I hired an editor who was a recommendation from another friend in the field who has also written a book and used her as an editor. And I'd met her and I thought she was wonderful. And she's somebody who um, is actually now in the field. So she understands the content that I'm writing and used to work as an editor in a pre- like a previous life. She was an editor. So this was a match made in heaven. And that also shifted so much of the experience of book writing. It took this very lonely process into something that was very collaborative and connected, which I can only even imagine how important it was for me to have these relational experiences. Like I was having this relational experience with the illustrator and I was having this very mutual relationship, like this collaborative very back and forth, exciting relationship with this editor. And I just kept thinking like, like the relational love that's happening in my life right now around this book is being infused into the book. 
And how cool is that? Because of course, as you can imagine, the book is all about relationship um, and the importance of relationship and, and, the, and the power of presence. And, you know, that's such a, you know, important message in the book. And so to be experiencing the, the power of relationship in such a, you know, such a clear way while writing the book I just, I know that that got infused into like the words and the energy and the spirit of the book. So that was really fun. But hiring this editor, I mean, y'all, she was just amazing. And we developed this close friendship and relationship during the process. We were constantly talking to each other. Um, and I felt like I had somebody on my team, like somebody who was loving the book, loving what was happening in the book. And 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 wanted it to be as good as I did. And it became like this thing we were working on together. And to have that felt experience with somebody like, oh my gosh, somebody else is falling in love with this book and wants it to be good because of love. That made a very hard process just easier. And not easier in like that it got easy, but easier in that it was more filled with ease. Of course, as you can imagine, writing a book and hitting a deadline is extremely stressful. But putting together this team of people that turned writing the book into this like very relational experience. Oh, I'm just so glad. It wasn't my intention. I didn't set out to be like, I need to make this a relational experience. It just it happened that way. And I'm so grateful I'll always, you know, if I write another book in the future, I'll absolutely write in collaboration with an editor um, and an editor who who loves the content and loves my p- people, right? Like my editor knows you. She knows the people I help and she loves them like I do. And that kind of collaboration was just magic, just absolute magic. I will also give you just a little, just a little teaser into the fact that one of the things that will make this book different than most kind of nonfiction parenting books is that the book has um, characters. There's an aspect of the book that reads a bit like fiction, and so there are there's a character to to get to know and to fall in love with and to root for. And that was so powerful as well. And the way that my editor and I loved this character, just loved her. And at the end, like we, we loved her. We were rooting for her. We, uh, it's hard to even explain. And I can't wait for you to read it. So then I just wrote and 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 did nothing but write a book through all of June. And I had this, I had a deadline of June 30th. And at one point I did wonder like, am I going to meet this deadline? Do I need to ask for an extension? And I just decided I didn't, I just decided I didn't want to, I don't, I probably could have gotten one. I don't really know how it works. I never asked, but, um, I just decided I, I didn't want to. I wanted it done. I wanted it done so I could get to you faster. I wanted it done so I can enjoy my summer. I, I wanted it done. And so that's what happened. I got it done. And then I turned it in. <laughs> and um, that was scary. 
it was so scary to turn over my brain and vulnerable and, you know, the only person who's, who'd read it and the only, still the only person who's read it is my editor. Um, well, not my publisher has read it, but, um, you know, and so there was always this, like, is this good? I don't know if this is good. Um, is anybody going to like this? I think it's good, but will anyone else, what will they think? Will they hate it? Will they'll tell me I need to start over. Right. And so I turned it in. I had a meeting with a publisher that was lovely. I mean, I just am so grateful for who I chose as a publisher, how supportive they are of me. Um, I, we talked about the title. I have some very, um, I have some very specific thoughts about the title and that I'll share with you later when we get closer to the book coming out, um, what my thoughts are. And just the, the title's not actually my decision, but how respectful my publisher has been of me and what my desires on our desires are and what feels important to me is just been amazing. It's, it's just been, I feel so lucky, so lucky for this. Um, so I turned it in and then I just waited though. I'll in total, not normal for me. I kind of didn't obsess about it. Um, and really that's not normal for me. Normally I would just be a little preoccupied with, has he read it yet? Is it good? What does he think? Has he read it? Kind of like regularly checking email, refreshing, but I really didn't do that. I think I was just so tired. Um, I was ready to stop thinking about it. I was ready to enjoy the summer. Y'all having lived in Texas for 15 years, uh, the summers here in Michigan are, are like, a miracle. They are so amazing. So I think I was just ready for that, ready to enjoy the summer. And yeah, I just didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. And then I got an email about almost exactly three weeks later. I got an email from him that said he'd read it and that he thought it was fabulous. And yeah, that was, as you can imagine, extremely relieving. I I just, I think I took a breath. I didn't even really probably know I was holding that somebody had read it and they didn't think it was terrible. <laughs> so since then, things have been a little bit of a whirlwind. I suspect that's how this process will go. Like lots of waiting, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. And then flurry, 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 do this now, do this now, do this now. Um, so this has been a week of do this now, do this now, this is now. And then I suspect it will be some like nothing happening for, for, for a while. Um, and I'll be back a little bit in waiting, waiting mode. So, huh, yeah, like I said, this has just been an intense, an intense process. And I am a person, I'm a real extroverted person, which is, um, maybe you've noticed I'm really extroverted. I need a lot of co-regulation and sharing this intense process with y'all just felt really important. Um, really important to me. So if you've listened this long, thank you for listening. Thanks for kind of being along with me on this journey. So what happens next? Everybody's always asking, what happens next? Well, I should know publication date relatively soon. It's not going to happen until well into 2023. Um, but I should at least know a d- date sometime soon. I'll be able to let you know what the date will be. And then once we finalize the title and finalize the cover art, that's probably when I'll be able to start really giving you more, you know, giving you those details 
Um, starting to get really excited about that. And then we kind of just wait. Like we wait for people to do their jobs that I could never do. Thank, oh my gosh, thank heavens for these humans who are going to, you know, copy edit and then typeset it and then proofread it and then print it and then do the things you do to sell a book who I don't know how to do these things. Um, get it on Amazon, get it on bookstores. Um, yeah, all those things that will make it actually available for distribution. So those are the next steps. When that process is done, I'll probably record another one of these episodes and tell you um, about like the actual publishing part of it, um, as opposed to just the writing part of it. And I would assume that as we get closer to publication date, I'll be asking for a lot of help from y'all of, you know, getting the word out and telling people about the book. The thing I'm the most excited about the book is that books are relatively inexpensive and having all of this information in one place. And I, and I think I wrote it in a way that will actually impact people's brains and not just be a bunch of information, but actually change people's hearts and minds and nervous systems in a way that the book will actually then be useful. And at such a low price point, um, it's going to come out in paperback. So it should be pretty, pretty accessible. Um, and that is the most exciting thing, you know, that for me, I have this podcast, of course, that's totally free and that's accessible completely from a financial standpoint. Um, but then I know, you know, parent coaching is not accessible for so many people and therapy is not accessible for so many people. And even taking a course isn't accessible for so many people for so many different reasons. And so having this book, you know, and everything in one place, it's such a, you know, from such an accessible price point, I'm just, I just can't wait. So yes, I'll be asking for your help and getting the word out because there's so many families who are just desperate for help. And I'm hoping that exactly the right people will find, find this book when it is, when it does finally get released. So Alrighty, if you've made it this long, I'm just so grateful for you. Um, I'm, I don't know how I how I would keep doing this if it wasn't for you, you know, for for all of you out there that I never hear about or know about or know anything about you, but I but I can I know that you're listening. And then for those of you who do sometimes email me or or catch with me on social media, or you know, of course, those of you in the club and in being with you know, like all these different ways I have the opportunity to really volley connection back and forth. And some of it's really intimate and some of it's not. And even, you know, even though those of you all never meet or never even have any kind of contact with any in any way, except for this energetic experience here over the podcast, it, it really matters to me. It means so much to me. It keeps me going. And then what that means is as I can keep doing it and more families can get impacted. So thank you for that. Thank you for, for listening to this episode all the way. And I hope you're excited enough about the book that you'll help me spread the word that it comes out and you may even end up buying it yourself. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode. I will see you next time. Are you ending this episode with maybe a 
big sigh of relief, like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what? If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash beingwith, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you could get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you could just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.